Chapter 26 of Ayikra, Bechukotai is the name of the Sidra, and the subject matter of chapter 26 is the blessing and the curse, and what's known as the Tochacha, the admonition. There are two admonitions in the Torah. The first one is in chapter 26 of Vayikra, and the second one, which is even longer, is chapter 28 of the book of Dvarim. One might ask the question, why do we need two? And I think, uh, I would suggest that the reason there are two admonitions in the Torah is because the two admonitions address two different audiences. The audience in the book of Dvarim in Deuteronomy, those are the children who were never in Egypt. They grow up in the desert. They have already begun to possess the land and they will possess the land uh, beginning in the book of Yoshua and Joshua, etc. They were never slaves, free people. So that's one kind of address you give to free people because those people are perfectly capable of making choices. They were never slaves. But our portion, our chapter, chapter 26, they're the Torah, they're Moshe, God is addressing those that were in the land of Egypt, those that were slaves in Egypt, and even after they left Egypt, they have what we might call a slave mentality. They always want to go back. Throughout the Torah story, the narrative, and we'll see it in the next book as well, let's go back to Egypt, let's go back to Mitzrayim. So in some sense, they never left Egypt. Because if you really left Egypt and understood Egypt perfectly, why would you ever go back? So our chapter addresses those that were slaves and on some level continue to be slaves. Now, chapter 26, the admonition, the blessing and the curse, in the long section of the punishments, the curses, as we have already noted in chapter 25, chapter 25 dealt with the laws of the sabbatical year, the jubilee year, and in chapter 26, the only explicit violation, sin, for which you will be banished from the land is the failure to observe the sabbatical year, the Shemitah. And the Torah has mentioned this several times at the end of chapter 26, that the land will lie fallow. You will be in exile. The land will lie fallow to make up the years that you didn't observe the Shemitah, the sabbatical year, when you were in the land. In a sense, you pay back your debt. It's interesting to note, in addition, in chapter 26, that the theme of seven, the theme of seven being the theme of the seven, seven, seventh year is the sabbatical year, but the Torah repeated in chapter 26 more than once the idea, God says, because of your non-observance of the covenant, or violation of the covenant, disobedience, I will continue, I will smite you seven times. Verse 21, I will go on smiting you sevenfold for your sins. In verse, that's in verse 21. Uh, in verse 24, in addition, V'hiketi sheva I will be hostile to you. I will smite you sevenfold for your sins. Again in verse number 
Folachti imochem bechamad keri. Fiisarti etchem afoni sheva alchatotechem. So the theme of seven, given the fact that the one violation that's met, men, mentioned, and more than once, is the fail to observe the seventh year, the Shabbat. So the theme of seven repeats and repeats. And one might ask the question, why has the Sabbath been singled out, the Sabbath of the land singled out, as the mitzvah to represent all of the mitzvot? Of course, as we mentioned in the previous chapter, the Sabbath is the covenantal mitzvah of the book of Exodus. But in addition to that, there's something else about the Sabbath, which is the Sabbath of the land is you observe the Sabbath of the land by not doing. It's by not taking. It's by not working. So that mitzvah of the of the Sabbath, that's different, for example, than other mitzvah that appear later in the Torah. For example, the first fruits which is the mitzvah alluded to in the admonition in the book of Deuteronomy, because the first fruits is all about the land that I work. It's about the land which is mine. But the idea of the sabbatical year is the land is not mine. So I shouldn't take of that which is not mine. That's the theme of the sabbatical year. The, 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 the admonition of Deuteronomy is embedded in Deuteronomy. That's a book which is all about the land that is mine. It's about my land. It's building my land. It's building the social structures. It's about the king. It's about the judges. In the book of Leviticus, Vayikra is different. In the book of Vayikra, it's my land, says God. You are strangers and sojourners with me. So that recognition is very important. That the slaves have to realize that they are not in charge, but not being in charge doesn't mean there's a pharaoh. Not being in charge means that it's God's land. So you have to pay back the sabbatical years, says the Torah. If you pay back those sabbatical years, then God says, I will bring you back to the land, which is the end of chapter 26. But returning to the land uh, has two other requirements in order to return to the land. One is to pay your debts, to pay back the sabbatical years. But the second, the Torah said, that in, in exile, in verse number 40, they will confess, acknowledge or confess, their sins and the sins of their ancestors. The iniquity they have trespassed against me. So in order to return from exile, confession is required, vidui. Now, vidui is not the same as the repentance described in the book of Deuteronomy, which is a lengthy process. But it does involve a certain kind of acknowledgement. It's actually very interesting that when the Torah speaks of acknowledgement, it speaks of their sin and the sins of their ancestors. Avonam avon avotam. Actually, we understand why they should confess their own sins. I did wrong. What, what would it mean to confess the sins of Avotam. So perhaps over here, it could mean that they have to come to an understanding of what their ancestors did wrong, or it could come, it could mean something different. In this case, not so much a confession about their sins, but an acknowledgement of where we started out. That is to say, to come to a self a deep self-understanding of who I am, 
and because of who I am, where that has led me. It's led me to make further mistakes, but it also requires an acknowledgement of where I stand. So that's very important. Without that, you can't return to the land, but the Torah doesn't require this kind of lengthy process of introspection and commitment, which the book of Deuteronomy speaks of. From the slaves, we don't require necessarily that level of understanding, that level of transformation. But we do require the acknowledgement. And then God says, if you do these things in light of the covenant, chapter 26 ends with, briti Yaakov, Afet briti Yitzchak, Afet briti Abraham Ezkar, God. God promises to remember the covenant that God has made with the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in light of that commitment, the sense here is that on your own, perhaps you're not worthy of return. But if you confess, if you acknowledge, if you repay, in light of a prior relationship, God says, I will bring you back. Even in their, even in the land of their enemies, in verse 44, I have not rejected them. I, have not, I do not spurn them. And it's actually very interesting. A word that appears five times in chapter 26 is the Hebrew word ga'al, gimel ayin lamed, which means to reject, to spurn, to reject. And it's interesting because in chapter 25, there's another word that appears many, many times, many, many times. And that's the word gimel alaflamid, which is the word ga'al, redeem. The Torah says about the sabbatical year, bring redemption to the land. Chapter 26, which is built on 25, the sabbatical year actually represents all the mitzvot, because what the sabbatical year is about is about faith. It's about not working in the seventh year, with the faith that things will be well, things will work out okay, despite the fact that you're not working the land free. In fact, the Torah itself says, if you say, what will we eat in this day? How can we survive? You have to have the faith. So that's what the sabbatical year is about. And the Torah says that if, in fact, you acknowledge the mistakes and you repay the debt, I haven't forsaken you, says God. I haven't totally rejected you. In fact, in the book of Leviticus, in chapter 25, if someone is forced off his land, someone had to sell the land. Then the Torah says the relative, the Goel, the Redeemer, takes it back. In, in Vayikra, chapter 26, it's God who was the Goel. God who has not rejected us, Lo Ga'altim, becomes the one to bring us back. God restores us to our land provided that we have the acknowledgement and we take the responsibility in light of the covenant, in light of former promises, the covenant of Jacob and Isaac and the covenant of Abraham, then God becomes the Goel. God becomes the Redeemer who brings us back to our land.